For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Luke chapter 7 will be today as we're looking at this centurion. This is the last message on the centurion. As we look at him and his life and his faith as he had in Jesus Christ, as he sent people to go after Jesus to heal his servant. Amen. And so if you want to look with me in Luke chapter 7, verse number 5, the story actually starts in verse 1, but we're going to jump out of verse number 5 and read through. And the Bible says, For he loveth our nation, he hath built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with him, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither that I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. Just say the word, Jesus. You don't even have to come. Your word is so great. You don't have to be physically present. You just say the word, Jesus. And the centurion realized, I'm not even worthy for you to come unto me. That's humility, isn't it? That's humbleness. God loves that. God loves humility. That's the most important principle a Christian, any Christian, can learn, is that God is always pleased with humility, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And James chapter 4 and verse number 6. So the centurion, he was very aware of that truth. He didn't come to Jesus and, and demand his assistance on the grounds of his authority because he was a Roman centurion. He did have lots of authority, but he didn't come demanding that. He just said, Jesus, if you'll but speak the word, your word is so powerful. I don't even have to be there, and the servant doesn't have to be there, but your word will carry through. Absolutely, and that's still true to this day. Uh, there are many that are, that are full of themselves, maybe a small Napoleon, if you will, um, but it's how we react now, there's a story of a, a General George McClellan uh, that he was called from the army of the Potomac to, to be the general there, to serve there. And he enjoyed that title. He, he was referred to as the Young Napoleon. But however, history doesn't reflect he, was, he did a whole lot, put it that way. But he was elected for that position mostly because of political reasons. So President Abraham Lincoln went to his house one night with, with two of his servants from the White House, from two of his people. And as they wait there, George, the general, wasn't home. 
he was at a wedding. And so he came home and he rode by, right by the president and his three men. Whether he saw him or not, I don't know. But about an hour later, a servant came out and said he's already went to bed. And boy, the, the two people that were with Abraham Lincoln, they were mad. They were hot. How could this happen? We have the president of the United States with us. But Abraham Lincoln didn't let him, did not let it ruffle his feathers. He simply said this, I quote, This is not the time to be making points of etiquette and personal dignity, the president explained. I will hold McKellen's horse if he will only bring us success. Pride has no place in winning a battle in the Christian life. Pride will cause you to do some foolish, foolish things. Some of us know that more than others. It certainly will. I like what Mark Twain said. He said, the fellow who blows his horn the loudest is usually in the biggest fog. Nature never intended for us to pat ourselves on the back. If it did, we'd have different hinges on us. That's what Mark Twain said. Here's a couple of more quotes about that. The fellow who brags about how smart he is wouldn't if he were. Well, I like that. I don't know who said it, but it's, it's a quote, and it's, it's a good one. And a person who uh, interrupts and endangers the climb in his life, whether it be success or spiritual success, when you stop to pat yourself off the back, you really fear falling off the ladder. Why? Because we're not meant to pat ourselves on the back. Matter of fact, uh, Jesus let others speak about him. He didn't need to defend himself with words when he was accused. Let people think what they want to think. You just simply serve God with all that you have. With all that he allows you to do, you serve him. Humbly, but faithfully. And whatever it is, I know that God has called me uh, to preach on the radio. And every week, I want to serve him in that manner. Amen? I want to bring him glory. It's not about me. I'm a nobody. But it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ, what he can do for you, because what he can do for you will last through all eternity. And this centurion realized that, hey, Jesus is the one. I have faith in him. There's two times in the, Bi in the Bible that Jesus actually marveled. One was that people's lack of faith in his own hometown. He marveled at their lack of faith, knowing knowing that he's Jesus. And the other time that he marveled, the second time, is that this centurion's faith. I love what he says in the end of verse number nine. I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And that amazes me. Stop and think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Israel, God's chosen nation that started with Abraham and Sarah and the promised child of God, which is Isaac. God brought Israel out of bondage, out of Egypt, by performing many miracles. They wandered around the desert for 40 years, and then God finally brought them into the promised land. All those things, promises after promises. Every morning they woke up, there was manna on the ground. Every morning, God was faithful to them, so much so that even their clothes didn't wear out, the Bible says. But yet, Jesus says here, talking about the centurion's faith, I have not found so great faith, no, not 
in Israel. Jesus, you want to impress Jesus? You want to get Jesus' attention? Show him how much faith you have in him and his written word. That's what God loves. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. And this in turn, he beseeched Jesus. He begged him, a man of a position, authority, and power. Here he is begging Jesus. That took some real humility, ladies and gentlemen. That took some humbleness. That took some love for his servant. It most certainly did. So there's three things we can learn uh, from this man, this centurion. One, the centurion recognized that Jesus had the ability to heal his servant. Two, he realized that Jesus didn't have to physically be present. All he had to do was speak the word. And three, the centurion realized his own unworthiness. Those three things can be applied to your life. Jesus has the ability to do what needs to be done in your life. Jesus doesn't have to be physically pleasant where you can see him with your eyes. And do you have a regard for your own unworthiness? Because we can easily lift ourselves up. We can easily get full of pride. But God doesn't like that. And he may pull the carpet out from under you just to show you that he's the one doing the good things in your life. And you've got to truly trust God. And, and in order to do that, you've got to remove the deadlines that you have put on that situation, on that person, on that event, whatever it is. You've got to remove the deadlines because we do that. We'll say, I'm going to give it six months. I'll pray about it. If nothing happens, then I will do this. Well, that's not truly trusting God. Trusting God is saying, I'll wait if it takes a lifetime or 10 lifetimes or 10 minutes. God, I'm going to trust you with it. You do what you will. You make the way. And when God makes the way, he'll not just open the door. He'll take the door off the hinges and kick it down for you. You won't even have to hardly do anything except for be obedient and get up and walk through that door. Great faith. He had great faith. Great. God makes it clear. God requires faith. He is pleased by faith. And he blesses faith. He requires faith. He is pleased by faith. And he blesses faith. You want God to bless you? Have faith that He will. Have faith that He can. Ask God to show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now, I'm not talking about your will. I'm talking about His will. What is it in your life that He wants you to do? I'd have never dreamed in a million years I'd be preaching, especially preaching on the radio, especially teaching a class, or anything along those lines. But God... God made a way, and He can make a way for you like you would never believe. He loves you enough. Why? Because it's really not about you. It's about Him. But He wants to use you to do His work. God uses imperfect people to do His perfect work. Now, you don't save anybody, but you tell them how and who can save them. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've not met one person in America that doesn't know the name of Jesus. But I have met a lot of people who are confused about who he is 
or they think they're going to heaven because they know all these things about the Bible. Let me just say, knowing a lot of things about Jesus doesn't save you. Knowing a lot of facts about the Bible doesn't save you. But you've got to know Him as your personal Savior. There's got to be a point in your life when you realize you are a sinner, you are on your way to hell, and you realize that Jesus is the only way. But what He did on that cross... See, he didn't just die on that cross. He said, no man take my life, I lay it down. And he laid his life down on that cross. And when he died, he didn't just die. The Bible says he ascended into the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And when he arose, he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And that's why I know I can put my faith and trust in him. And once you do that, that same power that rose Jesus in the grave will now come to reside within you. Yes, God will put a piece of himself inside of you. That's what the Bible talks about, to be sealed, to be sealed unto the day of redemption. God puts a piece of himself in you. That is an amazing thing. And you say, I want that. Well, you've got to go to Jesus with faith. And then once you're saved, once you're born again, God can do a lot with you and through you. But it takes faith. How do we get faith? Well, Romans 10, 17 tells you. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's something to be said for reading the Bible. There's something to be said for listening to good preaching. There's something to be said for obeying God's word. Faith. What is faith? Well, there's one verse in the Bible that gives you the exact definition of what faith really is. You're not going to find it in some dictionary. You're not going to find it from some theologian. You look in the Bible if you want to know what real God-honoring biblical faith is. And it gives it to you in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one, number 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. And as I was reading through this, I started thinking, what does that verse say? It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What's the evidence? If a, if a police officer shows up to a crime, what does he look for? He looks for evidence. What does a scientist look for when they're studying something? They look for evidence. The evidence of things not seen. And I started thinking about that. What are some things in your life today that we use every single day, but you can't see them, but you can see the evidence of them? One would be gravity. I could see the effects of gravity all around me. Uh, some of the older crowd would say they can see it on them. I mean, that's not me. That's not me talking. Uh, that's some friends of mine. That I can see gravity effect on, effects on me. If you just drop a book, you can see it falls. That's the effects of gravity. You can't see gravity, but you can see the effects. You can see the evidence of it. Another one would be wind, air, oxygen. You can see the wind blowing through the trees. You can hear it. You can feel it. There's lots and lots of evidence, but you can't see it. But it's real. Another one would be sound. You can't see sound. You can see the effects of sound. I mean, they, they do some medical procedures, some doctors and some dentists clean teeth and all kinds of things with sound. I believe they break up kidney stones with sound. How about these? Heat, cold. 
You can't see those, but you can see the effects of them. I like this one, radio waves. You can't see them, but they can reach right inside your home. They can reach inside your car. And they're good things. The young people understand this. You can't see it, but it's there. Wi-Fi. How about these? Your emotions, your thoughts. Those are real as real gets, but you can't see them. And see this centurion, he knew that Jesus didn't have to come there. I don't have to see you with my physical eyes for me to believe that you work, for me to believe that you can. He said, if you'll but speak the word, my servant shall be healed. I'll see the evidence. I'll know. And so many times, especially in Hebrews 11, it's called the hall of faith. You have Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and all these great people of God. And you know what they had? They had faith in God. And so through the examples in this chapter, we see that faith is much, it's much more. It's much more than just a belief. Faith is you taking an action upon that belief. I believe it. Therefore, I'm going to do it. Do you believe God? Will you step out on faith? Will you do what he asks? Will you believe it? Will you be like the centurion? Because if you don't believe God, he'll be happy. He'll be happy. Not to, not, I shouldn't use that word. That's the wrong way to say it. He will. In other words, like the Israelites, you don't want to believe me? I'll let you wander around in the desert for 40 years until you're all dead. And the next generation will go into the promised land. Because if you remember, the 12 spies uh, went in to the promised land. They brought a report and only two believed that they, God could do what he could do. And don't, do you know that all of those people, including those other 10 spies, died before God brought them into the promised land? But the two spies that came out and they believed that God could, they got to go into the promised land. God honors faith. So in the Christian life, you really only have two choices, ladies and gentlemen. You can walk by faith or you can walk by sight. You know, I can do a lot of things without having faith. I can get up, get dressed, put my shoes on, make a cup of coffee, drive all the way to work, do my job. It doesn't take any faith for me to do that. But it takes faith when I don't see a way and I don't know how. And I don't know what's going to happen. But I say, God, I believe you have called me to do this. I believe you want me to do this. And I'm going to do it, even though I don't know how. And you step out on that. That's faith, ladies and gentlemen. That's faith when you can't see it. But there's evidence there. And you believe God. And you know that he can. That's what the centurion did. He went to Jesus. And he said, I know, you know, I'm not even worthy for you to come to me. But if you'll but speak the word, if you'll but say it, it shall be done. My servant shall be healed. Romans 14, 23 tells us, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That is such a convicting verse to me. Because if you think about the things that we say or the things that we think, we think, well, I'll try. Let's see what God does. I'll just give it a try. This centurion didn't say that. He didn't come to Jesus and said, well, could you try to heal him? 
No, he said, if you'll but speak the word, my servant shall be healed. He didn't have any doubt in his heart or in his mind. But sometimes over time, we let things go and we start to think, Lord, I've been praying for this for years or maybe decades. God, I haven't seen anything yet. And I don't know that you will. And we start to doubt God. But like I've already said, his timing is not our timing. His way is not our way. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is an absolute necessity for a foundation relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to have faith that he can save you. And as I was in class today and there were some people talking, that somebody had came to them and said, well, if you believe uh, God's word, that actually works. No, no, that's just believing. That's having faith in God and what he says in his word. And by the way, in Psalms, God's word is so important to him. He said, I hold my word above my own name. That's how important it is to him. There was a man named Isaac Rankin who was sitting at his window in a two-story house one time, and he's looking out that window, and there's a big set of power lines. And you know, those power lines go from pole to pole, and they're insulated. And he would feed the doves at his window seal. And he noticed that these doves would fly over on these power lines that were carrying thousands and millions of volts and sit there with no harm coming to them. They had nothing happening to them. There was no, they weren't even in danger of getting hurt. But he knew that if I just reach out there and I grab that wire, because my body's touching the house, I'll be grounded. I'll get electrocuted. I'll be killed. But you know why the birds don't get hurt? Because they rest solely upon that wire. They trust solely that that's got me. And there's a good lesson to be learned there. When you want to rest on the power of God, don't try to hold on to earthly things because that's when bad things happen. If you touch the power line and you touch the ground, you'll what you'll call be grounded, and that's when you'll get electrocuted. That's when you'll get fried. That's when you'll get really hurt really bad. Trust solely in the Lord. We do all kinds of things with faith. We get up, we crank our car up. My car will start. I grab a pen to write. Or we get something to eat. I don't test it to see if I've been poisoned. We just grab it and go and we do it. We do things all day with faith and little things. The chair you sat in, you didn't test it before you sat in it. You just sat in it. We need to have that same kind of faith with God, with Jesus, with the things we don't understand, with the things we can't see. That I know what God's word said. I know that God is faithful. If he'll but speak the word... And the centurion, he believed in the power of that spoken word of God. God spoke the very universe into existence with his word. I love that in Genesis chapter 1. He's, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be firmament, and there was firmament. And you read on, he said, God is good. It was good. It was good. Everything God created, it was good. Amen? God wants nothing but good in your life. And life is hard. He never promised it would be easy. He simply promised I'll be with you. He simply promised I'll be faithful. He simply promised I'll be there when you need me. I'll give you grace and comfort when you need it. 
Will you trust him today like the centurion did to save you, save your soul from the fires of hell? Will you realize you're a sinner in need of a savior and put your faith and your trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ? You have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.